At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. And then there were six. Yeah, six. It doesn't have that ring to it like it would. Like, And then there were four in the Elite Eight to the Sweet 16. But right now, there are six teams still playing basketball in the NCAA tournament. And we will get down to that Final Four later on today. Texas Tech taking on Villanova in the East region. That comes up at 2.20 Eastern Time, 5.05 Eastern Time. Duke and Kansas in a Midwest region showdown, one versus two. But I have to admit... Mike, that I never thought we'd be sitting here, possibly, uh, I don't want to say possibly for the simple fact of we know it's going to happen, it's just possibly if we even talk about the matchup, breaking down Michigan against Loyola Chicago in the Final Four, but that's what we're going to get on Saturday in San Antonio. First off, we have the joy of six. I know for those of a certain age, they've now had their brain go sideways, uh, happy Sunday morning to you, wherever you're listening. We appreciate you. Uh, and if you're on your way to services, I guess say an extra one for me uh, after that joke. But yes, Loyola and the Sister Jean story continues to roll on. This one, after everybody, ah, they won those first three games by four, a total of four points. That's not sustainable. Then they came out and they took Kansas State to the woodshed and absolutely obliterated them. It got down to 13 at one point. It's like, all right. 
couple of turnovers. They'd been turnover plagued in the first half, keeping the door open for K State, uh, but never mm-hmm. really threatened uh, in yeah. this one and going away. It was amazing watching the South Regional final yesterday because Kansas State. Now, I know it's the tournament, Mike, and I know that you're trying to do as much as you can in a blowout loss to get people interested. But Kansas State was still down 14 with like three minutes to go, and they're like, look out, here come the Wildcats. <laughs> no, they're they're down 14. It's not going to happen. It It, it is not. you all... got to keep trying to sell you, Dan. Yeah, don't like... tune away. And... Don't tune away. Don't go to that Guy Fieri marathon on Food Network. Don't tune out because we've got a, a marathon of Harry Potter films. We just need you to stick with us. With a with a bucket here, they can trim it to twelve. Like, what basic what? math? This game is over with. This Yay. is just a matter of like, <laughs> tell the kids to come down here. We can count by twos together. Oh. Stay with us. Oh, it was it was just it was comical <laughs> to see on how much they were trying to sell it. And I know like you don't want because you're so close, Mike. You don't want to blow the opportunity to get to a Final Four. But it just felt like the way that the game was being presented and. I don't care that the crowd in Atlanta was was pro Loyola, so sure. maybe there was some some stress there that you would think that they were maybe a little tense, and maybe that carried over on the broadcast. But it was never it was never close. Loyola would go on like a nine zero run to go up by like twenty one, and Kansas State would get a couple of buckets you know, later in the, in the second half, and then you oh my goodness, here, you know, and here come the Wildcats. <laughs> no, they're still there. Loyola is going to be fine making it to the Final Four, the fifth double-digit seed to advance to the Final Four. And then you have Michigan and Florida State. And watching that game, Florida State was Florida State. I'm on the Doug Gottlieb show during the weeks, during the weekdays here on Fox Sports Radio. And Doug, quote, retweeted someone saying, hey, is this the first time that you've watched Florida State? This is what Florida State does. And Florida State didn't score baskets in the second half, as simple as that. Half-court offense was was dreadful at times. Yep. Michigan ends up getting the win, but I look back and I step back from Michigan, and this is what I think is, when you see these runs that teams make, there's always that game that maybe they should have lost, and that's the Houston game now. Like It's so far in the right. rearview mirror, but the Jordan Poole three, when he hit that shot, you just kind of wondered, okay, is this maybe... Is this maybe something for Michigan, considering they went on the run of the Big Ten tournament? Is that going to be the game where they were almost out and then they somehow survive and go on a run? And I think that's what you've got with Michigan right now. And nothing to to, to diminish what Loyola Chicago has done. I believe many people think Michigan will be playing for the national championship a week from tomorrow. Yeah, well, watching the Michigan-Florida State game, that was a, a reminder and, and a throwback to the Kentucky game the other day. It was unwatchable. Yes. It was unwatchable. Just two badly, badly orchestrated offenses. That was the survive and advance game. And, and sometimes you got to win one ugly. You mentioned the the pool three pointer and the succeed and proceed to steal from Calipari. Now that I've mentioned Kentucky, and we'll bring that back in, is it, just you're going to have one of those games. The survive and advance scare. This one was just all right. Can we just grind it out? to the final buzzard, helped obviously by Leonard Hamilton, who had been one of the great stories of the tournament. Oh, look how young he looks. And look at, and then he's salty guy uh, at the end, which I would be salty too if you put a microphone in my face 30 seconds later, but I still would have to explain why I put up a white flag or threw in the proverbial towel. 
But here for the, the Michigan Wolverines, not their shining effort, but enough to advance. And now you have the date with everybody's darling. So it keeps that story going yep. another week, right? If if Loyola had lost, do you have the same interest? I mean, no. You know, that's been the big question for this tournament overall. A lot of hand wringing as all the heavyweights went to the wayside that you needed a story to carry through. So some continuity, since we're close to Hollywood, continuity issues historically doom you uh, when a, a big seed advances. Here, at least, we, we get to continue that story to the Final Four weekend. One point about Beeline, and I'm going to pub my Twitter handle, and you can get Mike on Twitter, at Swollen Dome. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. Last night, and it was immediately after Michigan beat Florida State to go to the Final Four, I sent out a tweet in a poll, and you you have still have time to weigh in. Just go to at Dan Byer on Fox, and it's, who's the best big coach in the Big Ten in the last 10 years in college basketball? Tom Izzo, Bo Ryan, John Beeline or Thad Mata. And if you look at the last 10 years, and it's really going back to 2007, around that 2008, around that time, when you really look at the accomplishments that the coaches have made in the last four years, a lot closer than you would think. I think name recognition, Izzo gets it. Most recent, see, most recent bias, John Beeline, just because the team went to the Final Four less than 24 hours ago. When you look at Bo Ryan and what he did with Wisconsin, taking them to back-to-back Final Four, there's a lot there. Thad Mata's resume is is strong, and, and people may not even think that he belongs in that conversation. But when you look at what the Big Ten has had coaching-wise, remember, this was a four-bid league this year in the NCAA tournament when other leagues are getting nine and eight and seven, you have Michigan standing out amongst them all. Well, what's funny is you you pull, pull out this poll and at Dan Byer on Fox, go, go vote in it. And our Midwestern roots and big 10 homerism sometimes does play through. It, It becomes an interesting discussion point when you pull it back out to the national level, right? Because Tony Bennett got crushed for losing to a number number 16. I think I've been the the one guy stumping and banging the drum saying, "Look at his tournament failures year after year. Great in the conference, it doesn't play come the madness and everything else. They they bow out early time and time again. Tom Izzo two elite eights in the last 8 years, but otherwise he's bowing out early time and time again and can't beat any of the heavyweight coaches. Roy Williams, Mike Shashevsky, Jim Beheim, the record is absolutely atrocious. Going along, and what is he two and twenty three or something between those three Ouch. coaches, right? So you you look at that. So you go a little deeper and you start looking at Bo Ryan's resume. You look at what Beeline's doing now. Yeah. Beeline now and second Final Four. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a much different conversation. The name recognition is there and history, but folks of the re- recent failures seem to be forgotten unless it's just that that big one that we saw earlier this tournament. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Bayer. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Let's serve them up. Some hot takes and sauces Here we go. on this Sunday morning. All right. A little uh, Bruno Mars. Is that what we've got? Who did he take this from? Oh, I don't know. He's appropriating somebody's culture with this one. Rob Rob Dosmati is our executive producer. Sam Kinsley, the wizard, a.k.a. Iowa Sam, our technical producer. Good morning, friends. How's it going, guys? What's going on, fellas? 
Rob will present a topic to us. Mike and I get to discuss, and then Rob just gets to pick a winner. Like we Sam, basically stole it from around the horn. There you yeah. go. Sam, did you have a joke? Does that oh, I did, yes. So if you're pro-Loyola, you're pro-Yola. That's not really a joke. <laughs> I, but I dedicated I like eight words, seconds for that. Words to come together. Okay, that's enough. All right. All right, guys. So our first hot takes question revolves around Loyola. They're, you know, they're on this historic run and whatnot. Everybody loves them. But if they fall short and don't win at all, is it really going to be that memorable? I'll ch- toss it up to you guys. Mike, we'll start with you. Go to the hometown. Go up on the Sheridan Road. Keep going north. You run into the Northwestern campus shortly thereafter. You know, Loyola University tied to my high school, St. Ignatius College Prep, which was actually Loyola in Chicago, uh, down at 1076 Roosevelt Road. Shout out, Wolfpack. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is you still have Sister Jean, which will be one of the indelible marks left on college basketball that you won't forget it a lot of other schools have had big runs from low seeds you talk about butler do you remember anything about butler unless you're really a diehard college basketball fan no you you remember that they screwed your bracket and you didn't pick them far enough or you liked them and only took them to the 16 or whatever the case may be but you don't remember a lot of particulars about those teams and i think that's one of the things when we talk about these these Cinderella stories, to use that term, is there's, there's got to be something that stands out. Porter Moser is not standing out. Most people couldn't name the coach. But Sister Jean is now an international celebrity, like it or not, that will carry and, and will own one shining moment and forever be the 2018 NCAA tournament. So even if they lose to Michigan, as expected, I forget what the point spread is, it's not not very large. Uh, it should be a competitive game. But the fact of the matter is that you've got your mark for this tournament, win, lose, or draw. When you look at the different double-digit seeds that have made the Final Four, Loyola Chicago has one thing that those schools don't have, and that's a hyphen. And I think that's a big <laughs> deal. You've got, uh, like, when you say Loyola Chicago, it shows you on just how unique and and how much of a Cinderella story it is. Virginia Commonwealth VCU is one of those double-digit seeds. Heck, Syracuse was a double-digit seed. LSU back in 1986, the first one to do it. But that is going to be what sets them apart from them and George Mason and those. It's that little hyphen, and that's why it is a big deal. Thank goodness for Loyola of Chicago for saving us in this NCAA tournament because otherwise half the bracket just would have been mediocre Power 5 schools that no one cared about. At least Loyola of Chicago gave us a reason to watch this past weekend, and their story continues even though other schools have done what they have done before. That little hyphen sets Loyola of Chicago apart. Oh, yeah, beat your band time. Beat your band in time. Deal it. <laughs> that, that was the guy oh, finishing man. his speech. He's on the last note of the last card. Turns oh, yeah. to the, the producer that he sees with the headset starting to <laughs> cue the band, and he flips him off. I was screaming at Sam, it's time. You can't just play us off just for the sake of playing us off. You have to at least give us certain time. We, we, like yeah, certain that, we were time. talking about that. I was confused. I'm like, I can't just interrupt yes. Mike or, or Dan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. you could. I'm trying to make their points. Uh, no, no, no. You can interrupt. The thing that's... about live radio is we test things live on the radio. So that's what we're doing here. But that was a good first hot takes. I got to give that to Dan, though. He, the hyphen wins it all right there. He's right. Well, he, I think correct. I, I like the hyphen yeah. argument. I think the second part of the hyphen is the key, though, that it's Chicago. So you've got a major city as opposed to Loyola, 
Loyola, you know, normal, North Dakota, normal you know, Illinois. Or, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, you got Loyola, Maryland, you got Loyola all over. But the fact that you were able to get the city of Chicago involved, not and not just pure homerism. I can't but, believe Loyola Rockford made it to the NCAA. Hey, Rockford's a great final four. But Rockford's a great testing ground for all things food. I mean, when you get something new in the chip aisle. Or in the fast food aisle, it, it went through Rockford. And that is the only thing good about Rockford, Illinois. Trust me. No, I'm just kidding. I, I love Rockford. What's it, Joe? Rockford. Rockford. You know what their slogan is? We're not Beloit. That's uh, coming from Wisconsin and Illinois. Those are jokes that maybe you can appreciate. Nicely done. He is Mike Carmen. I am Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming up next, there is a big problem with Major League Baseball. And if you think their owners are cheap now, wait until you hear this next story. That comes up here on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. If you ever miss the show, you can always find the show on iTunes. Just subscribe to Fox Sports Radio Weekends. Download the show every single week. And always listen on the iHeartRadio app and SiriusXM Channel 83. Half of the Final Four is set. We'll find out the other half a bit later on today. 2.20 Eastern time starts it all off. Top seed Villanova in the East region taking on third seed Texas Tech in Boston. Then in Omaha, Nebraska, 5.05 Eastern time. Number one seed Kansas goes up against second seed Duke. Should be some dandy games today. I'm well, looking forward to Return it. to normalcy, right? Yeah, it, some of the blue bloods, the heavyweights that you anticipated. Duke's still hanging around and, and doing things. And now the, we get to advance the narrative of the next would-be superstars, right? We had our months of Trey Young. He's now in the rearview mirror as he goes and and declares to the pros. You had Sean Miller. That captivated the nation for about a week. And then they lost and everybody moved on to the NBA. So that story went away. So now we continue with Loyola uh, and Bagley and company and obviously Coach K. Uh, Fox Sports Sunday is brought to you by Geico. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago, Dan. He covers baseball for the USA Today. You can find him on Twitter at OG Ted Berg. Ted Berg joins us here on Fox Sports Sunday. Morning, Ted. How are you? Doing well. How about you guys? We are great. we are doing great, and we know opening day is Thursday, but we want to start out with a piece that you wrote about what could happen to the minor leaguer. And what we have found out is that Major League Baseball has been taking efforts to not only, I don't want to say rip off minor league players for years and years, but it seems that they've upped it recently. As it, And Ted, correct me if I'm wrong, I just want to let the audience know, there's a, there's a new spending bill. That is that is passed that Major League Baseball apparently has had lobbyists for the last couple of years trying to get through that would essentially strip minor leaguers of what minimum wage rights that we would have. Am, am I paraphrasing this correctly? You're right. I mean, what, what's happening right now is that there's been a lawsuit going on since 2014. I think that there are currently a 45 plaintiffs, former minor league players, and, and a couple of current minor league players who are suing minor league baseball and major league baseball for uh, to apply the terms of the Fair Labor Standards Act, which would be to give them minimum wage. Uh, as it currently stands... Uh, and I think in the spending bill, they actually specify that that guys should get minimum wage for 40-hour weeks. 
but no overtime. Minor leaguers don't get paid for spring training, which is insane because you're not going to make the major league team ever if you're you're not arriving at spring training and you're not reporting and, and not playing there. Uh, they don't get paid, obviously, for off-season workouts. They have to foot their own bill for trainers, stuff like that. Uh, and, yeah, what you said is right. Major League Baseball has been lobbying, uh, lobbying Congress, uh, donating to campaigns to try to uh, basically squash this lawsuit, which is uh, aiming to get to secure a living wage for the minor leaguers. Now, why would the owners do this? Is this is this a reflection of what we saw in free agency of them not wanting to pay high prices for marquee players? Is this another way of them trying to save just their bottom line? Is that's why this? Yeah, I mean. I- my understand. I mean, I, I I've never been a billionaire, you know, but I would guess that you you don't you don't become a billionaire by by uh, willfully giving up your money when when people come to try to take it from you. And so, uh, yeah, my, my I I don't know that. I mean, I don't know any other reason. You know, the the league will put out, and minor league baseball will keep saying like, "Oh, this is going to ruin minor league baseball and small town Americana baseball if this happens." Um, if you figure, and this is a, a very, uh, if you if you go with the, the broadest possible definition of of how many minor leaguers are in a team system, it's about 250 guys, and that includes you know every single affiliate, the guys playing in the DR, uh, guys who are sort of kicking around teams, spring training facilities. If you gave every single one of those guys a thirty thousand dollar raise, it's seven point five million dollars, which is a lot for us. But for a major league team, that's a setup reliever, right? That's not going to bankrupt minor league baseball, and it's not going to put any team, especially now that these teams are slashing payrolls at the major league level, specifically because they want to emphasize player development. Uh, it's not going to hurt a major league team's bottom line too much to just give these guys enough to be able to support their family. Given the amount of money they get from the TV deal, uh, for doing nothing except existing, the seven point five seems like a, a drop in the bucket on on the whole. But to the the larger health of the league, where where do you see uh, as you've followed it the efforts at the collusion charge going? You know, is or is this something that'll die off once we get into the regular season? Yeah, I feel like now that uh, all the free agents did ultimately, or the major free agents did ultimately find homes. I think that's a harder it's a harder case to make, uh, just because you know, it, the idea. Look, there's a there were a lot of factors that were I think contributing to the free agents not getting huge deals this off season and guys taking much smaller deals than they expected. Uh, I think part of them were, and and I hate to say this, I'm, I'm I would definitely rather the players have the money than the owners, but the free agent crop this year wasn't uh, exactly you know filled with stars. I think next year it's going to be a different story. I think next year, if you know, if you see Bryce Harper take a one-year $6.5 million deal, <laughs> then you can start talking about collusion. This year I feel like you know, so many teams are seeing what the Cubs did and what the Astros did. Uh, so many teams are sort of in tank mode. And there's, there's, you know, there's so much value in having young players, guys who come up through your system and are under team control for, for the first six years of their career, that they are... Uh, smartly moving away from free agent. Now, there's a uh, it's a scale, right? It doesn't mean you should never sign a free agent. And I think that there were a bunch of cases. Uh, I look at Lance Lynn, a guy it seemed like just every team in the league could probably use, and 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 no one was going to sign. Uh, and and so I think that there was 
something a little fishy in terms of, of how much it cratered this offseason. But I, I don't think they're going to get very far with a collusion charge. Covering baseball for the USA Today, Ted Berg joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. I've got one more just on this case. Do the owners value minor league baseball? I mean, they must, right? If, if, yeah. If that's where you know, if that's where these that's, players are coming from, and, Ted, and, and you Ted, know, not, what I tried, what I tried to point out. Hold on, just, uh, a, sec. What I've tried, just a sec. The reason I bring it up, and and, and I'm I'm going to let you talk, is I, that's where I am stuck on because I don't. You obviously need so many levels, and you mentioned the amount of players. But if if you even took away a level, which would sound like it would be saving money. I don't know if they would do that. And that's why, like, I'm 50-50. I'm so curious on how they value. And I, and I apologize for interrupting, but I'm just I'm no. so on the fence of this. Is, I, I don't know if they're showing that they do value it or that they don't value it. it I'm just caught in the middle. Well, that's the thing. And, and minor league baseball keeps saying, well, if you do this, if we have to pay these guys more, we're going to contract 100 teams or whatever it is. And I would be shocked if that happens because I think – the value to a major league team in having some undiscovered, you know, late round draft pick develop into a, a major league star, and we've seen it happen time and again. You know, it's not the standard story, but it is a, a fairly normal thing for a guy who was, you know, signed at 18 out of Venezuela on a flyer, or a guy who was you know, taken in the 37th round with with almost no bonus to get to the major leagues and become a contributor. Right? If you're if you're using that 7.5 million figure. Any one of those guys gets to the major leagues and turns out to be a contributor, he's worth that $7.5 million to the team, right? And, and so I don't think there's a way Major League Baseball or their teams willingly cut affiliates because I think that the best way to get pro baseball players, Major League Baseball players, is to just sort of take your shot with as many of these talented minor leaguers as you can have. And then on top of that, it's such an important uh, breeding ground for the major leagues. The, the example I cited in, in something I wrote was uh, when the Twins, after they, they took uh, Johan Santana in the Rule 5 draft, they kept him in the majors for a year, then they have him in their organization. They sent him back down to work on his changeup, and in AAA, they could have him throw 20 changeups in a row. Um, and no one would ever do that in a major league game. You'd get, you'd get destroyed. You'd, it would shatter your, your ERA and your confidence and everything else. And, uh, you know, the minor leaguers, you need, you need those guys. You need extremely talented hitters who are not quite at the big league level for people like Johan Santana to, uh, to develop their craft again. You need, again, you need, uh, Defenders, when Clayton Kershaw needs a rehab start, you need someone playing center field behind him so he can get those out. It's, you know, like they, the the system, and yeah, maybe you could have just as good a product at the major league level with a few less minor league teams. But the system as it's currently built just totally depends on minor league players to make the major league product as good as it. Man, I could play. I could talk about this stuff all day. I love the business of the sporting world but let's go to the other side of the spending uh continuum here uh and talk a little bit of the major league season to come uh Shohei Otani uh the 20 million dollar posting to bring him aboard uh other than the great business decision in jersey sales not working out on the field for him uh right now uh can the angels afford to let him go sit in the minor leagues for a while to refine his craft yeah, you know, I don't know the particulars of, of whatever handshake agreement they had with Otani. Uh, clearly, you know, the the ability to 
hit and pitch was was something he wanted and and something that probably drew him to the Angels. And so, you know, maybe in that same conversation there was, you know, we'll guarantee you this many at-bats or this many innings or whatever and to, you know, to sort yourself out. They can, you know, he's a, he's still technically a minor leaguer, so they can certainly under the under the rules and under the contract, they can they can put him in AAA. I feel like, you know, while uh there, I think there's reason to be skeptical about his hitting. I think that he, you know, spring training stats notwithstanding, I think he, he'll be able to pitch, and I think that's a team that needs pitching. So if he does get sent down, I can't imagine he's down for very long. I just think that it's a club that, even without him, looks like a, a sort of fringe contender. Uh, and if he's good and if he's an ace, you know, and, and, and that I'm, you know, for as bad as he's looked at times this spring, I, I wouldn't rule that out. He still has the stuff. Uh, he still has, you know, the the track record in Japan. There's not no one over there was better than him, and that's a high level of play. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he uh, winds up making everybody forget about his spring training. I'm going to ask one more question, and then you got. I'm I'm done with it. But Ted, have the Yankees done enough to close the gap on the Astros in the American League? I don't think anyone has, but I, I think, you know, I think once you get into the postseason, it's kind of a crapshoot, and so the goal should always be, you know, win the division, get there, and then try to figure it out. The Astros are so incredibly deep. I mean, you just, every single guy in the lineup is good. Uh, every single guy in the, on the pitching staff is good. They added Garrett Cole, uh, not, you know, the, the frontline starter uh, he has been in the past maybe, but... Um, just you know how much depth it adds to the pitching staff, bumping guys into uh, into the bullpen who who should be in a rotation, guys who could be in a rotation for thirty other major league teams or twenty nine other major league teams, really. Triple uh, A, how good, how many good players they have. Uh, you know, I was just even looking over last year's team. Uh, this guy, J.D. Davis, who just made the team, has got big power, um, also sometimes pitches and throws 90, but he's a, he's a corner infielder. He was in double-A last year, not because he deserved to be in double-A, but because they were so stacked in triple-A that they have 25-year-olds who are hitting 30 home runs in double-A <laughs> with, with nowhere, no place to put them. Um, they've just done, done such a good job fostering that the depth there. And so for as good as I think the Yankees will be, and I, and I, I do think the Yankees will, will win the AL East, I think the Astros remain the best team in baseball. Amazing with the addition of Giancarlo Stanton and, and ALCS. They won seven games last year. The gap may have gotten wider. Ted, we appreciate the time. Again, great work on the, the minor league piece. And uh, yeah, good luck the upcoming season. Have fun. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks, Ted. Ted Berg covering baseball for the USA Today. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday to give us the latest of what's happening in college basketball, not only on what we saw in the regional finals last night, but looking ahead to today, it's Kevin Figures. Hey, Kevin Morton. How you doing? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are we? Kevin Fig. Dandy. Good to be with you guys. Okay, last night, obviously, the Elite Eight, half of the Final Four is now set after third-seeded Michigan in the West Region got a victory over Florida State. Ugly basketball game. They were able to get a 58-54 to victory despite struggling from the field, shooting just 38%. Charles Matthews did lead them in scoring with 17 points and Big Blue headed to the Final Four for the first time since 2012. Loyola Chicago, a little bit longer of a drought. They are the 11th seed out of the South Region. They got a 78-62 to victory over Kansas State and it wasn't 
wasn't really that close. Rambler shot 57% from the field and held Kansas State to just 34% shooting. They led by as many as 23 points, and they are now the fourth 11 seed to make it all the way to the Final Four, their first appearance in the Big Dance since 1963. And of course, later today, about 2.20 Eastern time, we have Texas Tech taking on Villanova in the East Region Final in the Midwest. We have Duke, the two seed, taking on Kansas, the one seed. That one in the Midwest about tipping off around 5.05 Eastern. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some notable games in the NBA on Saturday. The Rockets continue to roll. They beat the Pelicans 114-91 to behind 27 points and 8 assists from James Harden. That's 8 straight W's for the Houston Rockets. And those Philadelphia 76ers stay on fire. They get a 120-108 to victory over the T-Wolves. Ben Simmons 15 points, 12 boards, and 13 assists for his 10th triple-double of the season. Philly now just one game behind the Cavaliers for the third seed in the Eastern Conference. And you guys just talked baseball with Ted Bird. Some uh, bad news if you're a Giant fan. Of course, their ace Madison Bumgarner got hit on the hand in his final spring training start on Friday. Got the reports yesterday, uh, late yesterday that he will be out at least two months after undergoing surgery oh. to have three pins inserted into that Ooh. broken pinky on his pitching hand. As if that division isn't hard enough for the Giants with the Dodgers, Rockies, and Diamondbacks. Now you got to do it again without Madison Bumgarner. Thank Glad you. I didn't uh, draft him in my fantasy leagues this week. See, it's all about me, Dave. <laughs> That's... That's fine. It's always about us. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. And last night, after Michigan top Florida State in the West Regional Final in Los Angeles, there was a lot of celebrating going on with the Mason Blue. Not so much with Florida State for obvious reasons. However, as part of the obligation that coaches have during the NCAA tournament and as part of the media deals, the broadcast deals, there is always the post-game interview. Now, the coach can decline the interview. I believe it's within the the rules. Um, but the fact is Leonard Hamilton chose to spoke with Dana Jacobson of TBS after the game mm-hmm. on the request of TBS, I'm sure, to talk to the losing coach. And this is the exchange that occurred between Dana Jacobson and Florida State head coach Leonard Hamilton. Coach, take me through the final seconds of this game. Why didn't you guys foul? Uh, what are you talking about? Down the stretch there, the end of the game, the final seconds, 11 seconds left on the clock. Do you think that the game came down to the final seconds of the game? I'm asking you, though, why that decision in the final seconds of the game? The game was over. You didn't think your guys could get back in it, put them on the line you if mean, they miss those shots? I mean, but 15 seconds, uh, what, what were we down? Put them on the line. They miss a few shots. Coach, a four-point ball game. It's a question that, that the guys were asking at the end of our game. That's all I'm asking. It didn't come down to that in your mind. Amazing job by Dana Jacobson. And, Mike, there are times when things happen on in a media interview and social media will erupt. I don't recall anyone being, I don't know, on the side, I guess on the side of Leonard Hamilton because it was the question that everyone was asking. Not only those who may have had some money riding on the game, considering certainly, the spread was yes. four and a half. Yes, the four and a half point spread, certainly. It was a legitimate question and a great job by Dana Jacobson to even just go through the entire scenarios that we were all sitting at home asking, that they were sitting on the studio set and asking. Amazing job by Dana Jacobson. Well, it's the same question that needed to be asked about Nevada the other day, right? They're they're down, down one and let the 
clock run all the way. Guy hits a three. Now it's a four-point game. You've got six seconds. You're done. You, you didn't foul. You didn't extend the game. For Leonard Hamilton here, fair question. He's one of the great stories of this tournament. How's he 69 years old? Looks like he's 50 uh, with the energy and going up and down the court and everything else. And then to this, it's it's a fair question. Just say, hey, you know what? We decided it was done. Don't don't get combative about mm-hmm. it. Don't get angry that she asked the question. Like if you say, hey, we were done, because you started walking over to to shake Beeline's hand before yeah. all the clock's still <laughs> going on. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy things have happened, right? Obviously, they get the ball into the hands of a ninety percent free throw shooter. Okay, you're, you're potentially in trouble here. They hit hit the shot and extend. Fine, but how are you not playing out every last second? Because this this is it. Your season is done in this moment, and you, and you threw in the towel. The fact that, and, I, and I'm going to give Leonard Hamilton this amount of credit here is he wanted to walk away. He was this close, and I'm putting my fingers just millimeters. Mi- yeah, 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 millimeters away. This close from walking away. He had the voice on one shoulder and the voice in the other shoulder saying, walk away. Don't do it, Leonard. Walk away. Don't do it. And he started to turn, and then when he came back and said, okay, I can't do that. I've got to I've got to address it. He didn't want to go further. The point is, is she could have asked him of what the heck happened to the offense. How did you guys not – how were you guys not able to score? What happened in this game where, where offense just seemed to be at a premium? There were a lot of questions there that could have been asked. But the only question that people cared at the end of the game truly was what the heck happened in the last 15 seconds. For her to stick with it was great. Leonard Hamilton didn't have to answer all the other questions that could have been about that game that, to be honest, nobody really cared about. No, but that's just it. He's going to get all those softball, large you know, large picture questions yep. once he goes and sits down in front of the, the media throng. This is the one-on-one with the television partner and in the moment – and again, for gambling purposes and just general basketball etiquette, you're used to teams grinding out until the final yep. second. You're not tapping in a two-possession game where anything can happen. Bad free throw. We've seen guys make the decision both in the collegiate level and in the pros of following three-point shooters in the act. Crazy things happen in this game. We've seen it time and again. So to concede and say, hey, we're we're done, down four, leaves a lot to be desired. Bonnie Bernstein, remember the the Roy Williams Bonnie Bernstein in 2003 mm-hmm. when Kansas lost to Syracuse and is, you know, I don't give a bleep about North Carolina right now. That question is different than what Dana Jacobson asked because that question wasn't connected to what just happened out on the floor for the last two plus hours. And while Bonnie Bernstein had the opportunity to ask the question, I could see why Roy Williams was maybe a little put off. This question by Dana Jacobson was what it's what everybody wanted to know. That is the only thing that people wanted an answer about at the end. She stuck with it. Great job. And I, I, I didn't see anybody criticize her, and, and she shouldn't have been. It was a great, great job by Dana Jacobson last night, and Leonard Han- Hamilton needed to recognize Well, because she even went on Twitter to, to go up for coach to say, hey, you know, I, I understand. It's just, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, it's a good exchange. And in the end, you know, he, he – kind of answered the question, but then it still yeah. Rings, yeah, a, a, rings a bit hollow. But certainly, you know, he could have walked away. He yep. could have cursed at her. He could have said, why would you, you know, why are you asking this question? And, and you know, we played a great game. He had the opportunity because this is where he could have filibustered and brought it back to 
the again the the larger point of the game, and he could have gone off on the hey we couldn't get a bucket, you know we went this long mm-hmm. at some point without scoring. Like he had the opportunity to turn it and and didn't and left that just hanging in the air. And and they they finished the exchange. You know to go back to the the Bernstein for a second. You know, after that loss, that was the only thing anybody cared about yeah, there, true, too, right? True. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, that's the case sometimes when the rumors are so hot for yeah. the next job that yeah, know, like you've, okay. you've got your moment, you've got to ask it. Yeah, and I think that at that time, Roy probably knew that it was coming as well, and I think that... You know, I, that's fair, and I'm not being critical no, of the Bonnie sure. Bernstein question. I just don't think that they're the same. No, here. no, it's it's yeah. different, but still yeah. leads back to the same thing. It's on, it's you know, if we're going to say what's on everybody's mind, uh, that would be it. Remember, Fox Sports Sunday. You've got two more games later on today, so yeah. get the the chores done early, and then get yourself over over the Hooters. You got to tr- get to Hooters. Try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings, and you'll love this with all the taste and half the calories. You can eat twice as many. Get to Hooters. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. And while it was a crazy night in the NCAA tournament, it could also be said for the NBA. We'll tell you why next year on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. In Verizon Glow and Cron today to get us caught up to date while you were sleeping is our good friend Kevin Figures. Hey, Kevin. Hey, gentlemen. I'm not sure where to present a story or serenade. I mean, yeah. careless whisper to bring <laughs> oh, us in. Yes. My goodness. This is, the, yes, this is the theme song. I can tell you're a loyal listener to the show, Kevin. Oh, man. Yeah. Yes, every every single Sunday we'll uh, the instrumental version. Yeah, just uh, it gets you gets you gets you into that mood. Well, I'd start singing, but I don't want dogs to start howling, so we'll, <laughs> we'll pass on that. And we'll talk about the Houston Rockets, who are red hot or white hot. They've been amazing the second half of the season. They got a victory over the New Orleans Pelicans, one fourteen to ninety one on Saturday night. James Harden likely the MVP with twenty seven points and eight assists. Clint Capella. Doing some work as well with 18 points, 16 boards, and six block shots. They have eight straight victories, seemingly running away with the top seed in the Western Conference, guys. It is amazing to see this run, Mike. When they have lost, they lost once in two months. It's like you're going on an NCAA tournament run, right? <laughs> hey, we went through our conference tournament, and now we're kicking butt. But you know what's funny? You're at 59 wins, and Harden's going to win the MVP. It doesn't matter. None of this matters until they get to the playoffs and and show that they can advance, right? All the questions about Harden and Chris Paul remain until they don't. <laughs> well, then maybe this is more about the Pelicans. <laughs> maybe this is if as as you were looking at all the jockeying for position right. to see, you know, the Pelicans had their nice run, guys. And if you look at and and we've argued it on the show before when you see these winning streaks in the second half of the NBA season, take them with a grain of salt because. A good fifteen to twenty percent of the teams are tanking. So oh, you're a, generous, man. It, it, I'm, I'm just, going fitty. <laughs> yeah. The the fact is, is when you have wins against the Suns or the Kings or these other tanking teams, there's not a lot to that. So when you see a Pelicans Horn, uh, Pelicans Rockets matchup, excuse me, you get a feel of okay, who's for real and who is not for real. 
I know it's just one game. I know it was in Houston, but that'll tell us a little bit. And now with Steph Curry's injury, I think Golden State's not going to want to do anything. It's it's all Rockets the rest of the way. Yeah, it's the push through. So you, yep. you, those narratives go through for D'Antoni and, and the crew. Uh, certainly one of the great stories of this NBA season, because that's all we're trying. We're trying to find those narratives to push forward into the playoffs. And now it's it's James Harden's world. He's superseded everybody else for now. We know that Steph Curry's got that knee injury, but it seems that the injury has made the decision a lot easier for how Steve Kerr is going to handle his lineup the rest of the regular season. Well, he cried and moaned about getting to the All-Star break. Now he can just uh, pray for a longer period before the playoffs. Oh, there'll be some crying and moaning coming up next on Fox Sports Sunday. Glad to have you with us on this Sunday. The Match Play Championships getting underway in Austin, Texas, as we are, Mike, less than two weeks away from the Masters. So, you know, the countdown is already on in my head. But in between now and then, we've got an opening day coming up on Thursday. We've got a Final Four and a National Championship in college basketball to determine. Heck, we've got a a Final Four to determine today is Villanova will take on Texas Tech in the East Regional Final in Boston. That comes up at 2.20 Eastern Time, 5.05 Eastern Time. It's a one-versus-two matchup. Kansas takes on Duke. I did some numbers crunching as we Sweet. as we look at the NCAA tournament, and we know one side of the bracket was chaos. That was the left side as people filled out their brackets with the South and West region. The right side was a little bit more status quo. However, this is the last time we didn't have a one versus two matchup in the Elite Eight was 2011, and Duke, Kansas is the only one this season. But for for people who have filled out their brackets and tried to go chalk with the top seeds making it all the way, it's I don't think in the last in, in that time frame from 2010 until now. There hasn't been a time where there have been more than two one versus two matchups in the Elite Eight. So the either the the two seed or the one seed always vulnerable in the NCAA tournament when it gets to this time of year. We don't have like one versus two and three out of the four regions. That just doesn't happen. And this year we only got it one time, but it does provide our marquee matchup of the day. Gives us a number of talking points, and then we still on Sunday afternoon into early evening, we still get the blue bloods. Getting after it, so you still have Mike Shashevsky carrying the banner and and allowing you know the detractors. Mm-hmm. I mean, because a lot of people are going to hate watch along the along the way. That's just the way it works. So for television ratings, it's a good thing. And then as Jason Smith and I talked about on our show a little bit earlier in the week, there's the same thing I think for Bill Self. The number of people that have picked Kansas to win big in the past and maybe been let down in their bracketology or look at his overall resume. He's got eight Elite Eights in 14 years there, but that still somehow doesn't seem enough. He doesn't get the same level of heat necessarily nationally until they lose. And then all those columns start flowing back up of not finishing the job based on the resume of the regular season. And talking to some of our insiders, believe this is probably man for man one of the least talented yeah you know if if we say that as much as you can say that about a number one seed that it's not the same depth same level of performance yet here he is now with an opportunity to go to the final four and and for for all of the the early seeds you know the high seeds that went down 
in in a grand fashion dumpster fire way. We still have a couple of those big names out there and the little engine that could in Loyola, so everybody's happy. It's crazy to think, but it's the 10-year anniversary of the Kansas National Championship over Memphis and the Mario Chalmers shot to tie it to go into overtime. That was also in San Antonio. But that's it. It's the yeah. blink of an eye, right, with some of these programs. And we were talking about a little bit last hour of, of guys like Tom Izzo uh, and, and some of the long-tenured coaches as they are the stars of college basketball, whatever anybody says, this year in particular. We had our Trey Young experiment for a bit, and then DeAndre Ayton got into the news for all sorts of bad reasons. Mm-hmm. And Still, we'll see how that case shakes out. But along the way, people recognized what a great player he was. Hey, 23 double-doubles this year. All of a sudden, it became, hey, wait a minute, look how good he is. So they had a star born, and then they got blown out. So that ended as quickly as it came, and three minutes after being eliminated, declared for the NBA draft. <laughs> no. Hey, I'm out! I'm out! He went all LeVar Ball. Uh, and and that's the first time we've said LeVar Ball's name in about a month. So I, I think I get fined in kangaroo court for bringing him up. Uh, You did mention Major League Baseball's opening day. How about this, Dan? First time since 1968, all 30 teams will open on the same day. It's weird to say opening day is coming up on Thursday. That is a weird feel to it. Usually you get that little appetizer on Sunday night, which I hated. Sure. I hated the day early. It should be on a Monday. I remember having vacations, like the your spring break. should be a Monday day game. Yes, yes. That's, that's what it, it. That's across it the board. Be. That's what it should I be. I should be sitting in the rain, watching a drunk Bill Murray, helped around Wrigley. Wait, no. That may <laughs> may not have happened in my youth. Well, <laughs> the, day, the days off that the baseball teams usually take earlier – in the season, you'll see a team play a Monday game and then have Tuesday off and then a Wednesday right. and Thursday and then maybe go into it. A lot of that's for weather because sure. <laughs> if your Monday opener gets washed out or rained out because you don't know in, in half these parks where you're in the in the Midwest or you're in the Northeast, if you're playing a home opener at home in early April, you just don't know what it may be on that Monday. So you kind of need that Tuesday as well to play the opener if you need. It's funny, though. We're talking about the the next – we just changed into spring and everybody's excited and you've got vacations planned, Easter weekend, next weekend, and, and all these celebration and pageantry and, and changes, starting to think about the final run before summer break if you've got kids, nephews, nieces, grandkids, whatever the situation, and maybe they just take over wherever you live. So now you're, you're ruining uh, the imminent summer season. You're excited about the Masters. I'm thinking about the fact that April gives us day baseball almost mm, constantly. Yeah. So I'll have those opportunities to to sit quietly while the kids are still at school. And on the East Coast, I, I can watch, you know, Yankees or Mets or Red Sox or whatever the, the, the good schedulers that Major League Baseball give me that start at 1030 here on the West Coast. You could have a full day of baseball transitioning from the the early game and then the maybe the early East Coast evening game and the late, yeah, triple header of baseball and it all starts. Yeah, buddy. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Bayer. We are coming to you live for the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. I could use a day of just all baseball because, Mike, I think I've pulled about three muscles. Oh, no. Yeah, by gardening. That's what happened yesterday. For some reason, my lower back is sore. My hamstrings are, are burning for the simple fact of planting some flowers in a flower bed. 
But you made the community happy. That's what You life, made your wife happy. And also did some edging with some mulch Look yesterday. That. that contributes to the sore back and hamstring. Got yourself to the Home Depot, did you? Maybe a little Bed Bath & Beyond? <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get to fit it all in. <laughs> we uh, I did have I did have an incident at a uh, a a home store. Wait, an incident? Wait, now <laughs> they finish the walk story in, now. Walk in Friday night, seven fifteen. All right, and go right to the garden center. I am parked in primo numero uno spot, the the spot closest to the opening of the garden center. So when you get your forty pound bag of. Just a nice short stroll. Sure. Nice short stroll. Seven fifteen, and the cashier says, "Just so you know, the garden center will be these doors will be closing at eight o'clock." Hey, by my me, I'm going to be out of here in a half an hour. I'm I'm all good to go. <laughs> Seven thirty eight pulls up. Guess what? Doors are closed. Oh no. Um. Yeah, my supervisor told me to uh, to close the doors. You just told me 25 <laughs> minutes ago that these doors close at 8. We're, it's 7.30. We're not even close to 8 o'clock. Guess who went out the garden doors? <laughs> this guy. Yep. Would you make a dead sprint? Cashier had to re-log. With your flatbed? <laughs> Cashier had to re-log in, scan all of the items of mulch and rocks and, and other flowers <laughs> because there was no way I was going to walk into the store and make the loop, not when I get numero uno parking spot. Walking out the door yelling, Attica, <laughs> I won that battle. I don't know if I'll win hot takes and sausage, but we'll see. We're going to find out now. Ah, oh, a little aha today. All right. I am up one nothing in the showdown with Mike Harmon. The hyphen argument might be the best. We'll see what we where we go from there. He might just win with his flower story. That's a good story. <laughs> Rod Dosmati is our executive producer. Sam Kinsley is our technical producer. The Wizard, you're, Iowa Sam. You're a rebel. Twitter? You're a rebel, Dan. How? It, listen, I was told one thing. Don't go and switch the game up while I'm looking for mulch. <laughs> Rob presents a topic Mike and I discuss, and then Rob gets to pick a winner. So it was that. I will say that karma does come around because you made them log in. That's why you're sore today, Dan. That's, that's what happens. But they put that voodoo on I you. She gave you the death stare as you walked I, I out. I sat down, and I sat in like the same position to plant like three flowers ten minutes in. <laughs> And my quad was already shaking of weakness. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's how out of shape I was. I'm like, oh my goodness, how am I going to do this? Yeah, you're getting those gardening muscles back. It's early spring. Come yes. on, well, you might yeah. be in better shape than uh, Shohei Otani for the Angels. He is on the opening day roster. You guys briefly talked about Otani with Ted Berg earlier in the show, but he's on the opening day roster despite a dismal spring. I'm just wondering. Are the Angels doing the right thing by putting him on you know, on that opening day roster and possibly starting him on Thursday? Dan, we'll start with you. I think that they are doing the right thing because you've got to see what he does in real live action. Now, this isn't like getting a high-priced guy and saying we've got to pay, play him because we are paying him so much. They aren't paying him that much, but... Maybe spring was just odd for him. Maybe it was different. Maybe it's him getting adjusted. But you got to put him in there. It's who the fans want to see. That may be the most important thing at all. And even though the pitching and hitting numbers aren't there that you would like to see in spring, things could be different. Now, Otani is probably putting more pressure on himself just for the simple fact that he could have made a lot more money if he would have waited a couple of years. And maybe that's why he feels like he needs to produce now. 
but but time is on his side. Time is on their side. They 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 can still wait to see. Oh, there it is. Sorry. <laughs> Played off. How about that? <laughs> time was not your friend that time. Time was oh, not that. my friend. Got played off by the orchestra. Oh, there you go. So Mike, do you have a rebuttal? Ty, I, I, I'm is on your side uh, with Shohei Otani and the Angels. There's no expectation here that you're suddenly challenging the Houston Astros. You're 21 games back. Yeah, that was good for second place. That's great. You're 21 games back and didn't play meaningful baseball after opening day last year. So all the stats for Trout and everybody else. Uh, they're nice for fantasy baseball purposes and for the eventual sh- plaque in Cooperstown. With Shohei Odani, you don't have a lot of money invested in him. I think it's $3 million or thereabouts that you're actually paying him, which is uh, a pittance compared to the amount you're going to make for jersey sales and walk-ups to the windows every time he's in the lineup, either as a hitter or a pitcher. So financially, it makes sense. And for the return on your $20 million posting investment, you got to see what he is. I agree with Dan in that regard. He's like... You have a number of spring training outings. You're not necessarily playing the same lineup. Uh, but now, uh, but now you push and you try to figure out exactly what you have. You can always send him down later and build oh, the recall. He's fighting the clog. He's fighting the orchestra. The live band back here is fierce with you, Mike. I know. I can see. But I don't let the live band tell me who I want to pick because you get that round. You kind of oh. saw. Yeah, there you go. Soft shoot in. Bam, so now, now we're tied. Look at we're that. Tied. One one going into the, the final round. Yeah. Who who knew? I know. I gotta be honest, I don't even know what my argument was. So that <laughs> that that was I actually did you made a great point about um the fans. I may have made a great him. point, but I don't think I made any sort of definitive <laughs> anything whatsoever. Nah, it's He's like, I like the Angels are doing fine. I liked in the fans. You know what I, you know what I gave you? <laughs> I gave you a bunch of mulch. That's what <laughs> I gave you. That's what I gave. Hey, you. It, it's building blocks, though, Dan. It is building to something grand. And that's what we're gonna. That's what we do here at Fox Sports Sunday. Um, by the way, if you are just tuning in, it's a big day on Fox Sports Radio, and it's been a big weekend. We unveiled our new weekend lineup yeah we did and it all starts in less than two hours for the sunday portion of this as the new show starting at noon eastern nine pacific chris mannix and karan butler debuting here on fox sports radio they will be hooping it up to say the least talking all things nba college basketball should be a great great time debuts today coming up at 12 Eastern. i thought mannix was going to break down the top five in the draft <laughs> maybe the, the nfl draft i thought he was going all in on baker mayfield no it, it, i'm excited to hear the show excited to meet Karan will be in here in the L.A. studios a little bit later uh, and hear his take as we get down towards the back end of this NBA regular season as it's now winning time. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Duke's entering a hostile environment today in the NCAA tournament, but will the Blue Devils survive to see San Antonio? We find out next year on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday, he's Mike Harmon, I'm Dan Byer. You can always reach us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. Mike, where can they get you at? Find me over at Swollen Dome. Fox Sports Sunday is brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. I do want to send people to our Twitter pages because there's interesting stuff. Last night I put up a poll asking 
everyone out there in the Big Ten, who do you think is the best coach over the last 10 years in the Big Ten Conference? This was just off the heels of John Beeline leading Michigan to the Final Four. And I put four names up there, Tom Izzo, John Beeline, Bo Ryan, and Thad Mata. Bo and Thad no longer at their current jobs, Bo retiring. Mata and Ohio State parted ways before this upcoming se- or before this season. As a whole, you can't argue with what Izzo has done. Right. But when you look at what Bo Ryan did at Wisconsin, they went to back-to-back Final Fours, ended up coming close to winning a national championship in 2015, losing in the title game. Then you look at Beeline now going to his second Final Four. They went to the national title game in 2013 when they ended up losing to Louisville. And you look at the success that Thad Mata had, with whether it be with the Greg Oden team or an, you know, an Aaron Kraft, Jaron Sullinger team, there, there was a lot of success there. It's, it's not as, as one-sided to Tom Izzo as people would think. And if you really look at just the last 10 years, it's a, little, it's a lot closer with a lot more guys in the conversation. Well, getting by a little bit on the reputation as, as big game Tom, Tom Izzo, but we start breaking down the numbers. We cited some of the stats earlier against the heavyweight mm-hmm. names and his fellow Hall of Famers, uh, and those records tell a, a bit of a different tale on the largesse of his career. Joining us now to talk college basketball, covering it for the New York Post. You can find him on Twitter at NYPost underscore Brazil. Zach Braziller joins us here on Fox Sports Sunday. Hey, Zach, thanks so much for taking the time today. Uh, no problem. How you guys doing? We we are doing well. I want to start off with what we saw yesterday. I just mentioned a poll that I put up on Twitter asking people about Big Ten coaches and what they thought over the last 10 years or so. And I'm just curious on your thought, Zach, as we see John Beeline leading Michigan to a Final Four. I, the question that I posed was, who's the best coach in the Big Ten the last four years? And I put John Beeline, I put Bo Ryan, I put Tom Izzo, and I put Thad Mata in, in that poll in your mind who's the big the best big 10 coach out of that four that you have seen over the last 10 years or so you know i i think there's probably going to be some recency bias and you know everyone's gonna say john b line he's he's terrific but i mean i think if you if you look at the whole body of work it's still Izzo. i i know his i know he he you know the spartans really had a dismal tournament and kind of an underwhelming season, but you got to look at the whole package and everything he's done and, you know, accomplished. You know, I, I think Beeline's terrific. I think he's right there with Izzo, but I still think Izzo is very, very good. Zach, we're having one of the, those discussions. Uh, we mentioned Michigan, uh, the Leonard Hamilton flap at the end, and we, we saw it with Nevada as well. Why, why aren't people trying to extend the game? You know, telling me the kids are tired, spent, whatever. They got 30 seconds left of basketball in them, don't they? Yeah, I mean, I think that was I think that was a, a miscommunication between the coaching staff and the players. Um, I, I have a hard time believing he basically just said, all right, we're, we're done. You know, let's, 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 let's get out of here. Um you know these these guys. It, you know, there's so much put into these seasons, and you know, Florida State hasn't hadn't been to the you know the Elite Eight, I, I believe, since 1993. You know, I I don't think he was he wasn't going to throw his players onto the bus there. You know, post game, I, I think it was just a miscommunication where they couldn't foul someone, and you know, they they basically just kind of 
today, whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think there's clearly miscommunication there. I mean, I don't think you know. I have a hard time believing that 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 the coach basically just said, "All right, guys, let's uh, let's pack it in and get ready for next year." Zach Brazilla of the New York Post joining us here on Fox Sports Radio talking college basketball. What makes Loyola Chicago different than the other double-digit seeds we've seen, specifically George Mason and Virginia Commonwealth? What, how are they different than maybe the other double-digit seeds that we've seen in the Final Four? You know, they, they kind of remind me of those Brad Stephen Butler teams where they're just so solid across the board. You know, they, they might not be super at anything, but they're just they're just – you know, they they have every guy on their team can score. They defend well. They share the ball. Uh, you know that VCU team was about was about was about pressure, and you know uh, the um, the George Mason team kind of got hot, and they had some really good three point shooters. This this, uh, this team to me is is more solid. It's you know they're not flashy, and you know they they. Uh, they they play forty minutes and they they do everything well. It looks like. Well, on the the larger scale, I, I guess it's exciting that we're talking about basketball instead of everything else that was going on with college hoops for about a month before this tournament began. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's clearly not over. You're going to hear more, I'm sure, soon. Whether it's before the end of the Final Four or, or after, you know, I think this Loyola story was terrific because it kind of reminds the people of why they why they love the sport and why they love the tournament. Um, you know, we'll say it's kind of ironic how all the uh, all the teams implicated in, my, in the FBI stuff have really fallen by the wayside when you look at Auburn and, and USC and um, Arizona. At all those schools, um, it is kind of ironic because everyone's worried. What, what if one of these schools gets to the Final Four? That's just going to be the story of the Final Four, and they all kind of fell fell apart. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's but to me, it, look, this FBI thing isn't going away. Um, they're going to have to. The sport's going to have to meet it head on. Um, you know, it's fortunate that they don't have any teams implicated that'll be in the Final Four and. And nothing else has come out, but it's something that's going to have to be dealt with, obviously. Zach Braziller joining us here on Fox Sports Radio covering college hoops for the New York Post. Last one, last one from me, Zach. The SEC didn't have any teams, any schools make the Elite Eight, yet got eight teams in the in the dance. Is that a, is that a reflection of the did the committee miss? Is this just a a one of those things that just happens in the tournament, or did maybe we overvalue that conference? You mentioned Auburn being one of the schools tied up in the FBI stuff, but this was the number one seed in the SEC tournament that didn't make it out of the first weekend. Did we maybe overrate the SEC and how good that league was? No, I mean, look, the league got the league got three elite eight teams in last year. Um, you know, it, it's what it's what makes this tournament great. It's so unpredictable. Um, you know, you, you still had you know a good amount of teams. They, they you know you still had Kentucky in the Sweet Sixteen, and you know it, a few teams had, had underwhelming tournaments, but. I don't think we overrated it. It just it's just the way the tournament works, you know. Um, Big East only had, had one team make the second weekend, and I don't think we overrated the Big East. 
Um, I mean, the Big 12 was the best league in the country all year. I think everyone felt that way. It's clear, you know, that it's bearing out in the tournament. Zach Braziller of the New York Post. Who do you like today in the in the two Elite Eight games? Um, you know, I think Kansas is going to win. I know a lot of people like Duke. I, I just the Duke defense worries me. I think Kansas is going to punch holes in that zone. The big kid has a bookie. I think will give Duke a lot of issues and will hold his own against, against Carter and Bagley. And then I like Nova. I think Texas Tech makes it a game. I think they push them. I just don't think Texas Tech has the firepower. Um, you know, so I, I think you're going to see Kansas and Nova advance, which you know would be a hell of a Final Four game. Zach Braziller of the New York Post. Zach, thanks so much for the time this morning, and uh, enjoy it as the rest of the Final Four is rounded out. I have a good one, guys. Thanks, Zach. Get him on Twitter at New York Post underscore Brazil, B-R-A-Z-I-L-L-E. Texas Tech and Villanova playing in the East Region at 220 Eastern Time, 505 Eastern Time. Number one, Kansas in the Midwest against number two, Duke. Exciting day for those to sit down and watch the Final Four finished as maybe you're recovering from gardening mishaps and lack of stretching. You didn't stretch, Dan. I'm bringing it back to that. I did not you did not. You did not stretch. You did not go through your full warm-up ahead of yesterday's efforts. But well, you know what? You're rewarded with a couple of what should be really good basketball yeah, games later on. I can rest up today. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Who's the real Cinderella of this NCAA tournament? That answer may surprise you. We'll tell you what it is next. But first, Kevin Figures gives us the latest of what's happening, not only in college hoops, but in the NBA and around the world of sports. Hello, Kevin. Hey, Dan and Mike. You guys just talked about the upcoming games this afternoon that will determine the final two teams in the Final Four. We had the first two teams to qualify in action last night, including Sister Jean's crew for Loyola Chicago on Westwood 1. 2-1-0. And how about this? Loyola Chicago, who prior to this year hadn't made the big dance since 1985, is off to the Final Four. Ramblers steamroll over Kansas State, 78-62. to Senior guard Ben Richardson scored 23 points, 7 of 10 from the field, 6 of 7 from three-point distance. The entire team was on fire. They shot 57% from the field as a unit, led by as many as 23 points. And they advanced to the Final Four since the first time, since the last time they won it all back in 1963. Also on Saturday, third seed at Michigan in the West Region with a 58-54 to victory over Florida State. They're back in the Final Four for the first time since the 2012-2013 season. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. A couple of games in the NBA last night of note. The Timberwolves lose to the Sixers in Philadelphia 120-108. to Ben Simmons with his 10th triple-double of the season. Philly has now won six games in a row. And the Houston Rockets with their eighth straight victory, led by as many as 27 points. They steamroll over the Pelicans in Houston, 114-91. to James Harden with 27 points and eight assists for Houston. Gentlemen? Tuning up for that NBA playoff run that'll start in about three weeks or so. Thank you very much, Kevin. This is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. This is tough to figure out, Mike, because I think the answer is obvious. And a tip of the cap to Mike Harmon, because a couple of weeks ago, 
as the NCAA tournament. It was Selection Sunday when we did this for Parlay All the Time. We made our picks on who we felt Cinderella was going to be, who is going to be the upset-minded team. I had UNC Greensboro. I can't remember who Rob Dosmati picked at the time of who his Cinderella was, but Rob, who was it? It was Buffalo. Buffalo. That won a game. Yeah, it's a Buffalo. pretty good run. But Mike Harmon picked Loyola Chicago. So congratulations Thank on nailing you. that. Thank you for a bit of homerism and maybe wishing, wanting, hoping that just getting through well the chore of your conference tournament would lead to something great based on some of the metrics, right? Because for scoring defense, they were good. They had five players average double-digit scoring during the year. There were a lot of things that said, well, they've got those ingredients when we do those check boxes, right? Guard play and senior leadership, all of that stuff that it comes in. But yeah, it was as much about being on Sheridan Road and driving past Loyola <laughs> and hanging out on that campus a lot as as anything else. We use the term Cinderella as a way to define a lower seed that could do some damage in the tournament. There's no doubt that Loyola Chicago did that damage. But we also talk about Cinderella of being, you know, the does the glass slipper fit to go to the ball? There weren't nine glass slippers. Heck, there weren't two. There was one. And while we may be nitpicking here, Mike, I feel there can really only be one Cinderella, one true Cinderella in the NCAA tournament. If we're going to go by the terms of what Cinderella really means, I I just have a tough time not making Maryland-Baltimore County as the true Cinderella, even though it lasted one weekend. Just for the simple fact that Loyola Chicago has been a great story, but we've seen it before. We've seen it. We've seen a double-digit seed make it. We've seen a Missouri Valley Conference school make it five years ago with Wichita State going to the Final Four in 2013. We've seen some of the things that have happened, and when you look at and when you look at the road of Loyola of Chicago, they upset Tennessee, the third seed. But then they played a seven seed and a nine seed. I'm not trying to diminish, but the simple fact of Cinderella, I just don't know if you could take it away from a 16 seed that did something that we had never seen before. So what is I trying to find the Cinderella of the NCAA tournament? In my mind, it's not Loyola Chicago. What they have done has actually already been done before. The real Cinderella is the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. If we're going to go by the definition of Cinderella, it's not Cinderella. It's just one Cinderella, and I would put it on the 16 seed that did the unthinkable to Virginia. Well, you don't like the articles about the nine most egregious snubs? That means there's more <laughs> egregious snubs. You just pick nine of them, That's Dan. true. That's yeah, Sa- Same yeah. thing here. How many Cinderella's? No, there's only one. You've seen the live action. Maybe you saw the cartoon, the mice making her a dress. All sorts of great stuff that may or may not happen across this globe each and every day. Don't don't question it, Dan. But the the fact is, you only have one that enters the ball and wins the yeah. the heart of the prince, and everybody there saying, "Who is that?" And the Retrievers were that team. Loyola was a, a good, well rounded team. I gave you a couple of the stats. Go back into the data and and look through. And and we can argue all we want about the term mid majors. Is it a pejorative term or is it still the one that's accepted as to what we're talking about in these teams? And Jason Smith made 
his argument early in the week saying, screw them. I want, I want more, all the power fives because most of them flame out quickly. And are, are they playing a schedule worthy? Because on any given Sunday, these teams can win once. Nobody expected the Baltimore County retrievers to be in that game. I mean, the numbers were, were staggering, right? At that point, 135-0 and 0 were number one seeds, winning by an average of 24.5 points. That day, Virginia, 22.5-point favorites, and got blown clear out of the water. And again, allowed for a larger discussion on the resume of Tony Bennett as to is he a guy that gets you from A to B, and that's great. You're, you're highly seeded, and you have a great conference record every year, and then you go and you get the doors blown off you every mm-hmm. year in the tournament. And that's historically what's happened to him year after year. But we'll leave his resume off for the moment. I, I think when you're looking at the 16 seed, you're, you're always wondering when it's going to happen, whether it's scholarship questions or how the the game of college basketball changes over time. Still, nobody saw this coming. There was no – and then in the hindsight, I heard how many, oh, it was a bad match because of X, Y, Z. It's like, no, no, before the game, you were the one laughing – and you, you had it in Sharpie. Maybe you bought one of those new glitter Sharpies. Yep. Whatever you did, you penciled in the number one and you moved on, right? Because it's the easiest eight well, second of your bracketology. No, no one took the time to figure out what UMBC stood for. No, that's right. <laughs> no, <laughs> UMBC yeah. wasn't even wasn't even used in the aftermath. I mean, we were on air and we had the play-by-play and play-by-play announcer and, and one of the guys that was there covering the game for the school – and his funny, his roommate was a guy that hit a half court shot that won him twelve media medium pizzas, and you would have thought he'd won himself a fully loaded <laughs> Lexus. I mean, or an Escalade. What pick your car of choice? It was it was amazing, but the the fact is that it, it was short lived. It's still more significant because it opened up that realm of possibility. So now, if you're at a school like Baltimore County. You go on the recruiting trail for the kid that's maybe not getting all the looks, and maybe you can make that that sale of, look, if with you we can get through this conference and we've got a puncher's chance. And now maybe it changed the rules for those teams as well. And I may be changing the rules of how you define Cinderella, and it's been a great run for Loyola Chicago, but we've seen it before. And that's well, that's the great – like the, when George Mason – when George Mason made it as an 11th seed and they knocked off the top-seeded Connecticut Huskies in the Elite Eight, that was, oh my goodness, George Mason is going to the Final Four. That was that was unheard of. Then you had VCU making their run, knocking off a number 1-seeded Kansas team on their way to going to the Final Four while playing, by the way, in Dayton. Remember, they were in one sure. of the first four games, at the, the opening round, whatever they called it back then, but they had to play themselves into the to the bracket re- realistically. Loyola of Chicago may have had the easiest route of any of the 11 seeds, and just for how rare that UMBC victory was, I think they are the true Cinderella of this tournament, and you mentioned it off the top. What are we going to remember about this run if it ends for Loyola of Chicago in the Final Four? I'm not sure because we've kind of forgotten what happened in in previous runs, but we'll never forget UMBC beating Virginia. No, that's always going to be there. It'll be the first moment. I mean, for this run, you're going to remember Sister Jean. That's yep. going to be the breakdown. Yeah. And and the may perhaps, and this is the hope I think for college basketball. Last year, you have Northwestern 
just north of the city of Chicago, makes the tournament for the first time in their history. Loyola getting back to this point hasn't happened, as we all know, since 63, and go back and, and hit the Google machine, read the history. It's amazing history. They've given a good run of it during the tournament, but go read the long history. Otherwise, I'm looking at my boyhood of Al Frederick Hughes was a score for the Ramblers in 1985. I mean, that's how bad, far mm-hmm. back you're going. So what this is, and I'm seeing the articles in Chicago already, calling out DePaul, calling out <laughs> all the, no, 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 but calling out the U of I and the coaches and saying, look, we've got kids here you can recruit in our backyard, and we keep losing them out of state, and that's been going on for years. DePaul, once upon a time, was a juggernaut with Ray Meyer into his son, Joey, who now does broadcast for Northwestern. But back in the day, they were big-time programs, and they haven't sniffed anything of relevance in a long time. So that's the call coming out of here to make Chicago a a hotbed and a center of basketball activity again. So we'll see if that has an effect. DePaul was the real victim. Heck, they got a new arena. You know what I mean? They should, you know. Now (laughs) That's that's great. Now you got to go win. (laughs) Now is DePaul's time. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. You can always reach us on Twitter. Get Mike at Swollen Dome. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Again, weigh in on our poll. Who's the best Big Ten coach of the last 10 years? Just go to at Dan Beyer on Fox to weigh in, Tom Izzo, Bo Ryan, Thad Mata, or John Beeline, who's taking Michigan to the Final Four. When Michigan goes to the Final Four, they'll be going to a familiar site to college basketball fans. But how familiar? We'll tell you next here on Fox Sports Sunday. <laughs> Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. Are we start a boy band, Dan? <laughs> I don't know if we could do that because it's more of a family affair. We can do one thing, though. We can play the feud. Yeah, buddy. All right, guys. Top six answers on the board. Mike Harmon, Rob Dosmati, Sam Kinsley, and Kevin Figures make up the Fox family today. It's a tough one, guys. Top six answers on the board. Cities that have hosted the Final Four the most times. I will give you a hint because it is difficult. Five out of the six are home to NFL teams. Just put it that way. Five out of the six are home to NFL teams. You got three strikes and a pass available. We'll start with Mike Harmon. By the way, San Antonio about to host it for the fourth time in the city's history. Mike, you started off. There you have it. There's your hint. Uh, I'm going to take New Orleans to get things started. Uh, the big get the easy. Party it's got to be an easy one. Show me Nolans. There it is. Five times New Orleans has hosted the final four. Let's go over to our executive producer, Rob Dosmati. Oh, God. Let's go with uh, New York. New York City. Back in the day, yeah, I know answer. it hosted a bunch. Show me NYC. Yeah. There it is. Seven times New York City hosted a Final Four. Let's go over to Sam Kinsley, our technical producer. Chicago. Chicago. All the windy city. Love my city. Has it hosted the Final Four a bunch? Oh, I had a hunch. No, the Come Windy on, City. I was just going to scream at him, but I thought for the purposes of, hey, we're all family here, uh, that's best done behind closed doors. Carmen. Let's go over to Kevin Figures. Kevin, a pass is still available. One strike on the board. Four answers remaining. Cities that have hosted the most Final Fours. Let's go with uh, go to the Dirty South and say Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh, they're going to get it in a couple of years. Show me Atlanta. 
Three times it made the top ten. It just didn't make our top six. Let's go over to Mike. I told you guys this is going to be a tough one today. Time to filibuster. Fox Sports Sunday is brought to you by Geico. How long can I make this read? What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. I'm going to yell, cut that meat. I'm going Indianapolis. Oh, it's got to be. Either the RCA Dome, Hoosier Dome, whatever it's called for a while. <laughs> whatever now that Lucas called. Oil Stadium. Show me Indy. There you go. Yeah. Seven times Indianapolis, the number two answer. Two strikes on the board. There is still a pass over to Rob Dosmati, our executive producer. Yeah, you said there's still a pass. I'm going to take that pass. Ooh. Zoom, 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 zoom. This is where I just reveal an answer. You guys will have Louisville off the board. That was the non-NFL city. That would have been tough. Yep. All right, Sam, it's on your shoulders. Top six answers on the board. We have four of them. Indy, New York City, Louisville, and New Orleans, cities that have hosted the most Final Fours. It comes down to you, Sam, to keep the game alive. I'm going to try Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. You love the big city of Dallas, the Metroplex. I know it did in 2014. It did in 1986. Did it do a few more times? Show me, Big D. This was really tough, guys. Kansas City was the number one answer. There it is. How long ago was that, though? City. The last time was 1988 when Kansas won. Or a lot of other years. Here's the other one that you're going to, I don't know if you'll kick yourself. Show me number six Seattle. Five times. Yes. Kingdom had it a a few times. Just haven't had it recently. 1995 was the last time that they were not expecting that. Yep. No so, way. however, San Antonio is going to get it four times. Kevin mentioned Atlanta. They've had it three. St. Louis had it three. Minneapolis and Houston also had it three times. Minneapolis gets it next year. The planet Houston. Love it. The final four is going to be set after today. We'll tell you who's going next. Number one seeds in play today in the NCAA tournament. Top-seeded Villanova tries to go to the final four again. Third seed Texas Tech is standing in their way, while top seeded Kansas takes on second seed Duke in the Midwest Regional Final in Omaha. As if Duke doesn't, this is the thing about Duke that people need to realize, and maybe why there is something. I think that playing at Cameron Indoor, Mike, throughout the the season, it's got to be the best home court advantage, home court atmosphere that you get in college basketball. Right, I, I mean, tough to rival it. Sure, yes, very. Yeah, there just, may be others. Fog abs- Allen, maybe Kansas. Their opponent today could be one that rivals it, but I don't think that there are any that that are better. Right? No, that, that's exactly it. And every, how many stories do we see each and every year of the obsessive nature of the students' body, the fans trying to clamor for whatever tickets to whichever game? It's not like any anything else. I mean, how many weird ticket packages did we see coming out of Major League Baseball and such? Now it's like. Here, just show up. Like the A's are having a game against the White Sox, and I love my team. They're not a draw. They don't win in Oakland either. And psychologically, uh, I've got the same block with them, uh, I think, as the White Sox do at this point. But they have a game later on in April that's the 50th anniversary. It's come and just be part of the crowd. Like literally walk in the door. They're not selling, they'll let you in for free. So the fact that you have these 
college campuses, and yes, it's going to be varying fandom and 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 just that frenzy. But what you see from Duke is just a cut above. Yes, yes, and it's so so intimate that the TV people have to be up in the rafters calling the game. Yeah. There is something to this, and the point that I'm going to make is this: is while Duke has maybe the, the the best atmosphere, I've never been to Kansas. I've never been to Duke, but from what we've read, what we've heard, what we've seen on TV. Nothing I think can top Cameron Indoor. When Duke goes on the road, it's also a different story. Whenever they are the visitor into that opposing arena, it is a huge, huge deal, and it is the game of the year from whatever school that they're playing against. Today, you've got a Midwest Regional Final in Omaha, which is going to be a road game for Duke. With the amount of Kansas fans that will be in the arena today cheering on the Jayhawks, it's it's another test that Duke is going to have to battle through. And and realistically, when Duke goes anywhere, whether it be maybe out west and they're playing against a school, that all the fans there that, that may be impartial walking in are usually cheering against Duke. And I agree this week that Duke basketball may be the most hated sports team in all of sports. I can only think that the Yankees maybe rival for for how other sports fans hate them. But Duke has got a lot of different obstacles, and while things may be great at home and have the great home atmosphere, it's a tougher it's a tougher road for them just for the circumstances that they're put in because everyone is a gunning for them. And more often than not, the opposing arenas that they're in or the neutral arenas that they're in, fans are also cheering against them. And they're going to get a lot today from about 18,000 Kansas fans in Omaha. Well, we know with the dynamic pricing structure that's now come in, and now I get all business nerd of sports. It's one of my fascinations, and I, I actually went and paid a lot of money to get some training in it. Uh, <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is, you know, when the Yankees play, regardless of venue, it costs more. Right? It's not just an arm and a leg in New York City. You want to go and, and hang out and, and go see the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. No, if you want to go see their traveling road show, the number of people that want to go hate watch or during the Jeter era, certainly the gawking. Now it's how early can I get into batting practice to watch Judge yep. and Stanton will be this year's thing. With Duke, it's the same thing. And what's interesting now is that you don't necessarily have, other than Grace and Allen, you don't have that veteran, calloused team like you used to with Duke. And Coach K has addressed it a little bit, where you've had guys that for four years they've been hated. Three years they've been hated. No matter where they go, they've been heard every permutation of insult that can possibly be thrown their way. With this Duke team, young guys. I mean, you're talking several that'll be yeah. first-round picks, one and dones that – Maybe they don't. They're not as calloused. Maybe they'll still hear something in a big moment. But I've got to believe there's been enough of those at this point, thirty plus games in, that they get to shrug it off. And certainly for Coach K, the the venerable Coach K, love him or hate him, you know. Again, the Chicago ties that he he's a guy that stirs stirs the drink of college basketball. So we're watching that. Meanwhile, Villanova, eighty seven points per game. They got their great test this past time out, no matter how much the spurt ability is there. So, they, in my opinion, they're, they're awaiting the winner of this Duke-Kansas game. And at least on that side of the bracket, everybody that's a college basketball quote-unquote purist gets what they need to fill their soul. I hate to say this, but I don't think that college basketball fans today 
will be Texas Tech fans. There, yeah. Because the, the, you want Villanova there. Kansas Duke, it's really whatever. I mean, if you really just dislike Duke, maybe you're pulling for right. Kansas. But for this, this, the point that you make, yeah, it'd be nice to see a Villanova against Kansas or Duke in that other national semifinal. But think about that Kansas-Duke game. The number of columns that you know are already formulated against both coaches. <laughs> Right, the the Coach K, and we can look at the tournament history because you've got the Final Fours, you got the big runs, you've also got a bunch of early exits. If we're going to look at the last decade, and it speaks to I think the widening of college basketball in terms of teams being viable and how hard it is to keep that consistency. But certainly there are the detractors of Coach K for Bill Self. They're most certainly there time and again because of the talent that they've had and the the way they've run roughshod over the conference for so many years. Like, well, why aren't you hanging a bunch of banners? Mm-hmm. Why is there just that's, the one? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the big part. I think Coach K, they, they won it in 2015, they won it in 2010, but you also have a team here that is four of the top ten re- uh, freshmen that were going into school this year recruiting-wise. Next year, you've got, again, the number one recruiting class in college basketball, and if you don't, you don't get that national – you don't make it to a Final Four, period – yeah, there's going to be more talk about it. Bill Self, man, I, I what do you want? He's got the most. No, but that's passed. it. Yeah, I, it, it, I, it, but it, that's the hard thing. We went through the numbers a little bit, Jason Smith and I, a little earlier in the week on our show, uh, eight to eleven Pacific, eleven to two Eastern, uh, Monday through Friday. You can find the the podcast up on iTunes. Find ours, Fox Sports Weekends. Uh, give Fox Sports Sunday some love. Dan and I uh, love hanging out with you and appreciate you giving us a few minutes. But we were talking about Bill Self. You're talking about an 82% winning percentage <laughs> at Kansas, but the, the Wolves are always at the door, so the poison pens will be out for one coach or the other a little later today. <laughs> More people need to be selfish. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. It's time to cook up our final hot takes and sausage of the day. Ah, Bruno Mars again. What? What? what, Rob Dosmati is our executive producer. The Big A is in the technical producer chair. What's going on, guys? Good morning. Good morning. What Top up? of the morning, gentlemen. Come on, everybody. Likes Dosmati, little you're almost the there. Come on. Right, Come right, on. I need I'm some right energy. Not, not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, <laughs> just kidding. Hey, by the way, by the way, I, C minus. I did something this week that I haven't done in a while. I called Alex Tyshirt. Alex said, hey, Alex. He said, wow, I haven't been, because I usually just call him, what's up, Big A? It caught me off guard. He walked down the hall and was like, what's up, Alex? I'm like, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> usually call him the Big A. Just yeah. We usually just call him tight shirt. Yeah. Tight because shirt, Because he, he wears the medium like nobody else. How's the podcast? <laughs> the podcast drops this week, Dan. Thank you for asking. All right. The return. It drops every week, guys. It drops. <laughs> no, no, no. That was a single. That got pushed the, back oh, the album? The single yeah. got pushed back, too? Yeah. The mastering, what are you doing? The mastering guy is taking too much time, so I have to just take my hands on the wheel and just do it myself. My falsetto so. wasn't ready. That's why. Yes. So. All righty, though. Yeah. That took a decided <laughs> left turn. Tied up at one apiece, Rob brings up a topic for Mike and I to discuss, and then Rob just gets to pick a winner. Well, I know we got the second half of the Elite Eight contest later today, but we're going to shift to NBA here, guys. Yeah, buddy. Celtics and Warriors, you know, they're favorite. You know, they're playing so well at the beginning of the season, but injuries as of late has kind of stagnated both teams. So I want to know who's in more trouble heading towards the playoffs, the Celtics or the Warriors with all these injuries. Mike, we'll start with you. Well, 
I think when it's all said and done, we look at Kyrie Irving and what he means to this squad. I'm looking squarely at the Boston Celtics. If you're LeBron James and company, you're licking your chops because much has been written and focused upon him and any missteps that they've had along the way. And now the, the Ty Lu illness. And, well, there's been some conspiracy theories about that. I'm hoping he's well, just, you know, nervous that all of this conspires and, and flows through. But Kyrie Irving's been gone for a while, and nobody paid attention until this news hit. Right, Very quietly, not, not often that a superstar disappears for a bit, and, and there's not more made of it until this news comes out. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a month, maybe more. <laughs> now it's suddenly a big deal. Now with Steph Curry on the other side missing at least three weeks. I, I argued that he shouldn't have been brought back before maybe a game or two left for the playoffs before. Now, obviously, it's a freak injury. But for Boston, you got to be concerned. Toronto is deep, talented. Washington got has the guard play that can take you down. And then the the Cavaliers are just waiting in the wings. If I'm Boston, an early departure certainly could be in the cards. In the NBA, all you care about is championships. And while Mike is right, they could be ousted in the first round if Kyrie Irving is, in fact, it's all about titles. And we are now seeing the toll that three straight appearances in the NBA Finals has taken on the Golden State Warriors. Freak injuries or not, these things happen to teams when they get worn down, and I think that's what you're seeing with Golden State. There is no guarantee that they're going to be able to flip the switch. They haven't done that before. So I look at, as a whole... If it's about winning championships, which I feel the NBA is all about, the Warriors are hurt with a Steph Curry injury, not only because Steph is going to be reevaluated in three weeks, it's going to take him a while to get acclimated, just like it was going to try to take him a while to get back into the mm-hmm. fold with his ankle injury. And now Steve Kerr's in the back of his mind, got a second thought on Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green. I think this is bad news for the Golden State Warriors because it's very difficult to flip the switch, and it's very difficult to flip the switch when you aren't 100% healthy, something that the Warriors won't be until the offseason. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Listen. <laughs> Listen. How come I get played off? <laughs> you finished. We waited for you to yeah. finish. Oh, I, I, I thought I just Look at this. it right. He's shooting no, no, daggers no, no, no. right we, there. We, we totally finished. I actually was very into the conversation here. That's why I didn't really want to interrupt it. No, so see, I was, yeah, I, sure. yeah, exactly. I, I, I was going to go with the quick rebuttal, Chris Paul. There is, there is nothing like there is nothing like talking, Mike, about a point and then watching the three people on the other <laughs> side of the glass have their own conversation, knowing that they aren't listening to a word. <laughs> I yeah, was you, talking to Tyson. I thought, I thought it was a doing, great, yeah. great discussion there, Dan. I, I really liked your point uh, about the meaning of life. <laughs> And the movie that you're going to watch a little bit later. No, Dan they, doesn't. Dan doesn't watch movies. We know that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a well, lie, you at least Mike, remember that. Lie, well, I was just checking that you might have remembered that from a prior show. But the fact of the matter is that you you do have this number of the number of injuries have piled up, and and we've wondered when it was all going to pay up, right? When when those those checks were going to clear, mm-hmm. and your account was suddenly going to be empty, and playing an extra season plus of basketball in the last three years is when you got ankle injuries for Steph Curry before all of this starts, yep. finally plays out. Now, again, it's a freak injury by JaVale McGee falling down, and it, at least it wasn't Zaza Pachulia, because then you'd ask if he was being dirty, what did Steph do to him, you know, and was it his, his own guy going after him? But 
it, it certainly lends for more discussion and I think interest as we get into the playoffs of whether they can rebound and rally through uh, against Chris Paul and, and James Harden. I'm conceding to Dan. I thought it was a great argument. You may not have heard it. It was it was it was a great argument, and and I'll, I'll concede the point off of that. I mean, I was just going to give the point to Dan because you came after me so savagely, <laughs> accusing me of not listening. No, well, I mean, trying, wait, trying the show did, did, did he did he not call the three of you out first? Dude, I, I think I he just did. jumped on his back and well, I, I said, "Yeah." I have he Tyson my... here to defend me, though. I was prepping him on what we were doing in this segment. Okay, okay. well, I was Perfect. defending yes. Dan. <laughs> I was good. defending his honor. I was the man who would fight for his honor. Yeah, the production crew wins this round, and therefore we take hot takes and sausage for the day. <laughs> <laughs> He's Mike Garvin. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Opening day takes place on Thursday. So who's the favorite to win the World Series? We'll answer that question next year on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. That is Mike Carmen. College basketball takes center stage today with two more regional finals in the East Region in Boston at 2.20 Eastern time. Texas Tech, the third seed, goes up against top seed Villanova. And then in Omaha, 5.05 Eastern time, a one-versus-two matchup in the Midwest Region. Top seed Kansas going up against number 2 Duke to punch the final tickets to the Final Four. Earlier in this show, I made note of a poll that I put up Yesterday, we're about 12 hours in, 11 hours left, according to Twitter. There you go, halfway home. Who the best coach in the Big Ten is over the last 10 years? Who? And John Beeline leading Michigan to the Final Four. I think recency bias is something that was brought up earlier in the show, and I think it's the case here. John Beeline getting 40%. Not that he does or doesn't deserve 40%. The fact is, is it's what's most fresh in your mind. Tom Izzo is second at 38%, and I think that there's brand recognition. But what Beeline has done at Michigan is what Bo Ryan actually did at Wisconsin. For the for the couple of Final Fours, if you want to talk peak of the peak, Bo Ryan's got 17% of the vote. Thad Mata, while it's almost being held against him that they brought in the Thad Five in 2007 with Greg Oden and Mike Conley and, and that crew – and then you had another strong crew with Jared Sullinger and Aaron Kraft and, and William Buford, guys that made a Final Four. That kind of gets pushed to the side, but you forget the great run that Thad Mata had at Ohio State. But I think the recency bias has shown that John Beeline right now, who's a great coach, I just didn't think it would be this much of a runaway 40% of the vote. I thought it would be like 25, 26 for each of the coaches. That's not the case right now, but you can vote at Dan Beyer on Fox if you'd like. That's it. Get at Dan Beyer on Fox. Izzo at 38%, Beeline at 40%. Again, you've got about 12 hours remaining here. Um, for, for Mata and for Bo Ryan, I'm wondering how much the fact that they're not there yeah. yep. goes against it. The other... How much do we really remember? Like, unless you're a, a diehard fan of the particular institution, even if you're a conference fan, maybe you don't recognize the the accomplishments and string it all together, and certainly the narratives aren't the same, right? Tom Izzo doesn't get nearly the critique about teams failing, right? This this team failed miserably, and they're going to be able to say, well, look what was going on at the university. 
Well, there's still some questions of how much mm-hmm. you knew. And and as I've argued all along, I, I don't be- believe for a moment that the football coach and the basketball coach don't know what the hell's going on sure. down the hall at a university or on their campus. So trying to play deniability on any level is, to me, an affront to my my common sense as someone who passed the third grade and stopped eating paste. Okay, so when we go down that road, Elmer. there's a whole yeah, <laughs> that there's a whole other level here. But to try to say, hey, we went through a lot of stuff. You guys caused your own crap. <laughs> with, and, and not to not to push away with what you're saying, but when you end up also looking at the simple fact of I'm getting a lot of responses of, well, John Beeline and Bo Ryan did it with lesser players. Sure. Well, recruiting yeah. is part of coaching, right? So, so like, right. like, tell me a coach that wouldn't want to bring in better players. Right. Like, 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 no, that's, that's if you can part of win that well. battle, that's part of yeah, the win. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It is Fox Sports Sunday. Give me on Twitter again at Dan Byer on Fox. Mike, they can get you at find me over at Swollen Dome. Fox Sports Sunday is brought to you by Granger. The products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help you keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. Earlier on this show, we were joined by Ted Berg of the USA Today who covers Major League Baseball. And with Major League Baseball's opening day coming up on Thursday with all 30 teams in action on that Thursday, 15 games, we hope they're all played. Hopefully weather can cooperate. But the fact is, is we get an earlier start with Major League Baseball's opening day. So why not look ahead to October and figure out what's going to happen then right now? When we had Ted Berg on, we asked him... If the Yankees, who were a game away from the World Series last year, did enough this offseason to overtake the Houston Astros in the American League. I think anyone has, but I, I think, you know, I think once you get into the postseason, it's kind of a crapshoot. And so the goal should always be, you know, win the division, get there, and then try to figure it out. The Astros are so incredibly deep. I mean, you just, every single guy in the lineup is good. Uh, every single guy in, on the pitching staff is good. They added Garrett Cole. I'm not, you know, the, the frontline starter uh, he has been in the past maybe, but um, just, you know, how much depth it adds to the pitching staff, bumping guys into, uh, into the bullpen who, who should be in a rotation, guys who could be in a rotation for 30 other major league teams or 29 other major league teams really. Triple uh, A, how good and how many good players they have. Uh, you know, I was just even looking over last year's team. Uh, this guy, J.D. Davis, who just made the team, has got big power, um, also sometimes pitches and throws 90, but he's a, he's a corner infielder. He was in double-A last year, not because he deserved to be in double-A, but because they were so stacked in triple-A that they have 25-year-olds who are hitting 30 home runs in double-A <laughs> with, with nowhere, no place to put them. Um, they've just done, done such a good job fostering that the depth there and so for as good as i think the yankees will be and i and i I do think the yankees will will win the al east i think the astros remain the best team in baseball even with a weird free agency season it it seems to be astros and yankees talked about so much in the american league you're not talking i mean chris sale injury for for the boston red sox could put a kink into things you look at the the al central and you've got the minnesota twins who are a team this offseason that was brought up in, in a lot of, whether it be Jake Arietta and a lot of you Darvish conversations ended up not landing them, but you still have the Twins who made the playoffs last year. But when it all comes down to, it comes down to Yankees-Astros, it seems like, in the American League. Yeah, when we look at the betting odds, if we're going to go into this uh, courtesy of Bavada, Astros are the favorite, Dodgers second favorite, Yankees third, Cleveland 
sitting in the yeah. fourth position, and, and then Cleveland you've got up. Chicago, yeah. right? So you've got the same. It, I hope it doesn't get to this point, but we we start looking at the NFL. There's enough turnover, right? Year to year, you see playoff teams cycle out. Yes, it's the Patriots, and in the AFC, it's been pretty much the same heavyweights. NFC, we get some churn. For the NBA, we've put the same damn teams on the whiteboard every year for seemingly the last four or five, and maybe you'll scroll in smaller letters one or two more teams as contenders. For Major League Baseball, now that the Astros and Cubs are the models of what everybody wants to build in their organization, and the Yankees are the evil empire once again, you wonder if we start getting into this with the Dodgers thrown in, that we have that same group at the top for a number of years running. You're going to get what you got in the NBA right now. That is what it's going to be in, in Major League Baseball. I think it will, Mike, for all the negativity of, of, of tanking and teams that may not be competitive, I still think you've got 15 to 20 teams that feel like they have a chance to make the postseason. Now, that means that the 10 others just have absolutely no hope. But what this brings you is there's fewer playoff spots in Major League Baseball, and I think that those races will be more intriguing when you even take out whether it be the Yankees atop the AL East or the Astros in the AL West or the Dodgers in the NL West. I mean, the the, the Central with, with Milwaukee and with the, the Cardinals still in the mix, there's going to be competition there. I mentioned the West with the Dodgers. You still have the Rockies and Diamondbacks. I think that there are, there's going to be competition. I think you're going to see the layout of the NBA mirror what you just said with Major League Baseball, but because there's fewer playoff spots, I think it'll be more interesting come August and September. Yeah, I just have that fear that – the the talk that we had and we we did a little bit as we did with Ted Berg earlier about minor league baseball and and some of the institutional changes to the game and organizational structures that there's so much placed on how well Houston and Chicago put their organizations together that it's an easy excuse for teams to clap their hands go Vegas blackjack deal style and say we're not spending money we're going to do what they did problem is everything has to go right those guys all have to come to stardom at the same time. They all have to get there before the big bill comes, right? We've talked about it with your Seahawks team in the NFL. It's all It all works better if you're paying the quarterback on a rookie rookie deal as opposed to, say, Indianapolis where Andrew Luck's now making $25 million a year, and then you have to retrofit a team around that centerpiece. Same thing with baseball, that if you don't have that, that big high-priced guy in, in your organization, maybe if you're on the cheap and a number of those guys are still on their first deals based on the way you can control, that you can go like the Astros did in Adam Verlander mm-hmm. at, the, at the deadline and then make your move there. So I'm fearful that too many teams will be able to raise their hand and say, hey, we're just doing what they are. And it's an easy excuse to keep collecting TV revenues while not really fielding a good product. <laughs> I recommend you go and read Ted Berg's piece as well about, and Mike mentioned this about NFL owners and how they're trying, or M- excuse me, MLB owners and how they're trying to take away from the minor leagues. It is a very, very revealing look at how the minor league baseball player is going to be put in a very serious pinch when it comes to finances, and it's all because of the owners of the major league baseball teams. It's a good read. 
Find Ted on Twitter at OG Ted Berg, of course, covering baseball for the USA Today. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Again, reach us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox, and you can get Mike over at Swollen Dome. Is Nick Saban saving college football? In a way, yes. We'll tell you why and how next. But first, Kevin Figures gives us the latest of what's happening on a busy Sunday. Hello, Kevin. Hey, Dan, let's not call the Missouri Valley Conference the minor leagues of college basketball because their champ is headed to the Final Four. 2-1-0, and how about this? Loyola Chicago, who prior to this year hadn't made the big dance since 1985, is off to the Final Four. Westwood One Radio on the call as the Ramblers get a 78-62 victory over Kansas State. Was not even that close. They led by as many as 23 points as they shot 57% from the field and held the Wildcats to 34% shooting. And they are now headed to the Final Four for the first time since they won the national championship back in 1963. Also on Saturday, you had Michigan getting a 58-54 victory over Florida State. Charles Matthews, 17 points and 8 boards. Mo Wagner chipped in 12 points. And seven rebounds as Big Blue returns to the Final Four for the first time since 2012-2013. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. The second portion, or second half, other two teams of the Final Four will be set a little bit later this afternoon. In the East region, you'll have Texas Tech taking on top-seeded Villanova at 220 Eastern. In the Midwest region, second-seeded Duke will take on top-seeded Kansas around 5.05 Eastern Time. In the NBA on Saturday, the Rockets won their eighth straight game. 114-91 was the final score as James Harden had 27 points and eight assists. Elsewhere, the Sixers with a 120-108 victory over the T-Wolves. Ben Simmons with a triple-double, 15 points, 12 boards, and 13th assists. Just the second player in NBA history to get 10 triple-doubles before his 22nd birthday. The other person, not that bad. Guy named Magic Johnson, guys. Thank you very much, Thanks, Kevin. Kevin. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com and call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Congratulations are in order um, to the new shows that are launching this weekend yeah, on Fox buddy. Sports Radio, including coming up at the top of the hour as Chris Mannix and Karam Butler will debut. I do have to say, on the Fox Sports Radio Twitter handle, congratulations to Mike Harmon who was one of the 14 Twitter addresses that actually made the post. I unfortunately did not make the cut going to the Sweet 14. There were 14 Twitter addresses from the Fox Sports Radio Twitter account that we put in for the new weekend lineup. Didn't make the cut. Heading to the NIT of Twitter. But, I got a couple of notes about that um, as the week wore on. Wondering about you and then asking about Jonas. Yes. So, like, no, 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 we're still doing the show. We're st- we're st- we're still together. This I don't is, I don't know how that worked out, and don't ask me. We were in the others receiving votes category. Oh, wow. That's that's how it was. But uh, was no, it my uh, Twitter handle? Did it? Because I mean, some folks it. take it down a, a side path when they see swollen dome. You, you I mean, made I know it. it's a churchy yeah. Sunday morning, but uh, you know. 14 Twitter addresses yeah. in the one tweet. Maybe maybe Twitter needs to expand for more characters. That's it. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. Again, get Mike at Swollen Dome. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. There was a report in the Tuscaloosa News over this weekend, uh, about a day ago, Mike, that is, in my mind, going to change college football for the better. 
And the report says that Alabama is looking into scheduling a home-and-home series not only with the Texas Longhorns, but the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Ooh, and this, as a, as, a, as a fan of college football, I say thank you. Now, the home-and-homes that these schools schedule, in my mind, Mike, Nick Saban won't be around to coach these games because they're done so far in advance in college football. However, I tip the cap to Nick Saban for at least trying to get these games done and to have these games being played because I've been so critical of Alabama because they wouldn't play true road games. Alabama's last true road game against a top opponent was in 2011 in a road game against Penn State. So all the times that you see uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide taking on Florida State or taking on USC, taking on Wisconsin, they've always done so in neutral site games. And usually in the South, whether it be Atlanta or at Jacksonville or in Dallas, those are the places that you would go and you would get tons of Alabama fans. But they wouldn't go and play in Big Ten country like they did in 2011. You hadn't seen that. And now if you can get Texas and Alabama in a home-and-home and and Notre Dame in Alabama in a home-and-home, no other excuses for any programs out there. That is what college football is. But that's just it. That's the hope, that you have the trickle-down effect that this, whether somehow Nick Saban's still on the sidelines. I mean, we've seen coaches do it uh, and and coach as, as late. Uh, as this would be, because we're talking a good decade from now is really when this would come to fruition based on scheduling, unless you do the buyouts and just jettison some of those mediocre games. Because let's face it, we're we're printing money mm-hmm. with these particular games along the way. I'm sure you can get shake out a few extra nickels from a television broadcast partner to pay off whatever opponent you had scheduled four years from now or three years from now if you really wanted to. But you hope that it's the trickle-down effect and the push towards those non-conference games, not just being the one, one-off one you know, kickoff classics, yep. but that we start getting into the heart of a, a top-heavy, let's get the heavyweights together before the season and show what, what it is. And obviously those teams are not finished products, and we all recognize that, so they don't get crushed for an early season loss as much as they would. The the fear is the attrition if you lose a couple of guys to injury because you're playing one of those heavyweights earlier. But otherwise, it's great for college football, and it rivals the NFL. And that's what I think is the big thing is you get the push on the college football season from the jump. And there's something that happened this past season that I think Alabama realized something. Remember, Alabama didn't make the SEC title game. And there was question on whether they should be in the college football playoff or not. Well, Alabama had that opening kickoff game against Florida State where DeAndre Francois ended up being knocked out. Alabama was going to win the game regardless in my mind. However, when you looked at the rest of their schedule, you really couldn't judge how strong the SEC was, Mm -hmm. and you didn't know how good each of the schools were. Whereas Oklahoma, you saw Oklahoma on the list, you said, road win at Ohio State? All right, check, as long as you handle business in the Big 12, which they did and then ended up. There was no discussion about that. There was actually discussion about Alabama, and there were actually questions about that neutral site game against the Florida State team that ended up then kind of falling apart, even though they ended up making a, a bowl game at the Independence Bowl when maybe they shouldn't have even have been there in the first place. But the point being is all of a sudden Florida State falls apart with their injured quarterback, and Alabama has got a neutral site win over a 
500 team or not even a 500 team. But that's just it, right? You forget the circumstance and what happened with Florida State the rest of the way. That went... That discussion had to really be pushed up and propped up out of Tuscaloosa to make sure, hey, hey, they were a top-rated team. This mm-hmm. was a big matchup. And I think this helped, helped negate and maybe make that path towards the playoffs, give you a little bit of a safety valve if you're a top-notch school. Um, but certainly for fans, you win if you get more of these matches. Alabama did not get the mileage from that Florida State win, and it didn't even come close to the mileage that Oklahoma got against That's an right. Ohio State team that ended up being a, a, a top-five team in college football. And I think this past season showed Alabama, okay, we may have to do something a little different. Otherwise, we, we may be victims of the new system. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app and Sirius XM Channel 83. And if you miss it, find the show on iTunes. Just subscribe to Fox Sports Radio Weekends. Download the show every single week. The Oakland A's may not be good, but they may have the most entertaining parking lot in all of baseball. We'll tell you about that next on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. That's Mike Harmon. Thanks for hanging out. Hang out a little while longer. New show debuting on Fox Sports Radio coming up at the top of the hour. Chris Maddox and Karam Butler getting it going here on Fox Sports Radio. Before we parlay all the time, we are going to have some fun in diving into Mike Harmon's bag of fun. Yeah, what do you got in the buddy. bag today? Oh, we got a couple of great ones from... Major League Baseball. But first, a quick note from Sean McManus. He was on Sirius XM Radio. Said, hey, you know what? Kentucky, it killed us. It was not good for us and not good for TBS at all. Being the Blue Bloods, oh, everything else. But that really hurt us. And here, here was the end of the lamentation. And that was a game Kentucky should have won. All they got to do is hit free throws at the end of the game and they win that game. <laughs> that really hurts us. There you go. There's there's your head of well, CBS. I, I will I will say this. If there's any thought that, you know what, Loyola's going to change the committee's mind next year, there's going to be more mid-majors, that carries <laughs> 20 times more weight than anything that Loyola could have done. Get used to it. The Power Fives are going to stay. I'm going to say it probably goes a little more. Jason yeah. Smith and I talked about it during the week. He was saying just ban them all. It's all power fives and big programs, and and forget about this. And Sean McMahon is the way he's talking. Sounds like he wants I, that too. I don't agree with it, but that's the road that they're. That's those are the rules that they're apparently playing by. All right, here we go. This is a good one from the Oakland Athletics. Trying a new strategy with opposing fans when the teams when they take on the Giants later tonight. We have the crosstown. Oh sure, rivalries, right? You have Angels and Dodgers here in Los Angeles later on. A's and Giants. According to a news release from MLB.com, parking at the Oakland Coliseum fifty bucks for Giants fans, <laughs> only thirty dollars for A's fans. Any Giants fan though who yells "Go A's!" at the parking gates will only be charged thirty dollars. Oh, that's to great. enter the Coliseum. How about that? So they're going to be wearing their Giants stuff. And they're going to pull in, and they're going to have to say, go A's, and then they're going to get the discount. How many? I want to know if that that sociological experiment, if $20 is enough to move the needle. You're a fan of the team. You're decked out from head to toe in Giants gear, and that's that's one and a half craft beers. Uh, <laughs> they, did it, they did it the right way, Mike, because you're wondering if it's enough or not. That is enough. If it was only 10 bucks, somebody would be like, Oh, who cares? That's you know, I'm not gonna say that. If it was fifty bucks, they'd say, Of course I'm gonna save it. Twenty is the good number, I think, right in between. It's like Girl Scout cookies. They're more we pay more for Girl Scout cookies than any other cookie on the face of this earth. 
Yet we're like, all right, five bucks, six bucks, sure. But it's yeah. a five dollar bill, yeah. right? Yeah. It's an easy, yep. easy transaction. Yep. But now and then you have the vegan ones that get to six. Then you start getting into a whole different thing. But price sensibility, right? Someone who yep. wants a vegan cookie is willing to pay that premium. It bears out in the math. Uh, based on this year's cookie sales, but I won't bore you with those details. Final baseball story real quick. Um, The Rangers pitcher Martin Perez, he's coming back from a broken non-pitching elbow. Well, it's revealed that he got hurt by a bull on his ranch in Venezuela, was sitting in the corral and and got bumped and, and down he went. So what did he do? Well, the bull responsible for the broken elbow was slaughtered and eventually served <laughs> up for dinner. Uh, PETA heard about this, and they released a statement urging him not only to stop eating the animals he raises for food, but to become a full vegan. What do you think of that? Hey. He got his revenge on yeah, that Yeah, that's bowl, what I was going to say. An eye for an eye and a little more. Hey, or, or, if it's going to attack nice, you, uh, it's going nice to attack you, deal with the consequences, right? Mess with the bull, you serve him as a roast. <laughs> it's too <laughs> soon, bro. Uh, it is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. As we wrap things up today, it's time to yeah, yeah buddy. let's parlay all the time. Now, last week, I was not here. So Mike was here with Rob Parker and Rob Dosmati, our executive producer, and they made their picks on three separate events. The picks were pick an upset from last Sunday, the winner between Cavs and Raptors on Wednesday, and will there be another trade in the top 10 in the NFL draft? And that was on the heels of Colts-Jets, correct? Yes. Well, there was no trade. Yep. The Cavs won, and there were some upsets on Sunday. Let's see how the guys did. I say um, Syracuse with the upset of Michigan State. Ooh. All right, Toronto at Cleveland on Wednesday. Well, you got Toronto. I got Toronto winning that mm. game. Finally, will there be another trade in the top 10? No way, no how. See, I got Texas A&M over North Carolina as my upset. I have Toronto over Cleveland as well. And, yep, I'm with Rob. I don't think there'll be another trade this week, at least for the top. There you go. I got A&M off the top. I'm going to take Cleveland to hold serve Uh at home. Why? Because it's one of those games to get interested for. And then finally, I'm going to say there's another trade. Buffalo or the Jets or something crazy happens. You blew it! So close. I think Uh. this is going to be the only question we're going to have to deal with in the NFL, so we're going to bring it up again. But we're only going to do top five. Giants pick could be up for sale. Will there be another top five trade in the NFL? Who's going to play for the national title game? I want to know a matchup that we're going to get a week from Monday. And name a winless team in baseball. So at this point next week, you're going to be about three games into the season. Who doesn't have a win yet in Major League Baseball? We start with Rob Dosmati. Well, I'm going to stick with it and say there will still be no trade in the top five. I got Villanova and Loyola in the final game. And the Angels, my Angels, will be winless. Sister Jean's run ends. It's Michigan-Villanova. It's the Giants. No bum, Garner. Uh, and I'm going to say yes, because I like chaos. I want to trade. Gosh, I still have... Uh, the only thing I got right in my bracket was that Nova is still alive, so I'm going to go <laughs> Villanova. I'll never pick Michigan in anything, so I'm going Loyola. <laughs> so I'll go Nova and Loyola. The Marlins aren't going to beat the Cubs at all. And sorry, no more trades until draft week. It's just the way it is. Football fans, deal with it.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.